0: This is a Crow's Nest Podcast. Welcome back to Titanic Talkline. I am Alexia, and this week I am joined by the one and only Carson Meadows, who is one of the first people that I actually met through doing this show, which is a super, super fun thing. Hi, Carson.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. All
0: right, what? Okay. It is very cold here in Maryland, like cold, and now that the sun's going down, it's getting colder. Are you also somewhere cold, or are you, are you lucky and somewhere hot?
1: Oh, I am not lucky. I'm in Kentucky right now. So it's pretty, pretty nippy. I work in a doctor's office. So it's always cold. I'm always cold. So <laughs>
0: but it's like the notorious house doctor thing. <laughs> oh, that's good. Why is it though that is it like I've heard someone say that the doctor's offices are kept kind of colder because of the um the medical equipment. Is that true?
1: I don't know if it's the medical equipment. I know just okay. like from like textbook standpoint like bacteria needs darkness and heat to grow so that's why they're so bright and cold all the time so that's just kind of actually makes sense of it
0: that actually makes a lot of sense and i never considered that but yeah that makes sense i suppose that there's not a whole lot of bacteria on that iceberg then
1: no definitely not no worries there
0: well they're this is a weird speculatory question now that they're starting to melt Does that allow, do you think, because this is a science podcast now, does that actually (laughs) allow for the creation of bacteria because there is more sun and there is maybe during the day periods of warming where, you know, a berg will start melting, but then it might freeze back overnight or what have you. Does that then allow for bacteria or is it still too cold? Because it is still, I mean, it's an iceberg and it's water.
1: That I don't know. I don't know if it can, like, get trapped in there as if it refreezes. I really don't know. That's about the extent of my scienceiness. is my theory on doctor's offices.
0: (laughs) I feel like I I don't remember when because time has become an illusion now, so it's like, what year did it happen? In the past, somewhere. Um, But I think I remember, you might remember this too, where there was a, like, an iceberg or a glacier or something melted and exposed the dead body of a person or an animal or something that had a long considered dead illness but now it was back because it was suddenly re-exposed to the air again and i think it spread for a little while i, I could be making this up and confusing it with like <laughs> a tv show but i, I think this happened <laughs> like, well we've either so. both
1: heard about it or watched the same tv show because that does sound like vaguely familiar
0: i'm i'm googling it but i'm using the weirdest uh oh i found something completely different uh a new pandemic may come from melting glaciers this is from the guardian uh, the next pandemic may come not from bats or birds, but from matter and melting ice, according to new data. Um, and there may be more outbreaks of things like long-dormant anthrax from Vox.com and Newsweek says um, authors warn that ice melt, quote, will release glacial microbes and viruses that have been trapped and preserved for tens to hundreds of years. So that sounds fun.
1: Yikes.
0: As if there wasn't <laughs>
1: enough stuff to fear. <laughs>
0: what the hell is in these icebergs, man? Right. Oh, geez. You're right. Oh my gosh. They're just every day. I don't normally watch the news because I'm horribly disconnected and uneducated. And it's not that I don't care. I I do. like social media and stuff. I kind of get the main, just, I have a lot of friends who are very plugged in, so they will repost all the relevant stuff. So I don't, I'm not completely disconnected, but my mother has been in town this week and she'll tune into the live news on my TV. And I wandered in today and it was just like three incredibly sad stories, all horrible tragedies. And then there was one relatively lighthearted one, which was like museum curators have been looking for the very valuable tiger skin for dozens of years. They thought it might be lost, but then they found it just today, hidden in a different cupboard. It's like, that's such a normal story.
1: Right. It's like they always have to slip in that one oddball one. My fiance, he'll do the same thing. I call it like Mm. 20 seconds of fear, which is like (laughs) probably like a 10 minute news segment. And I'm like, okay, did you get your morning fear in for the day? And then he'll give me the highlights and I'll kind of. Pick like what I want to read into further, and that's about the extent of me keeping in touch with mm-hmm. what's going on.
0: Yeah, I I think what we were today's news stories? It was letting us know that the Idaho sta- those stabbings of the four Idaho students was going into its fur- fourth week with no leads, so that was lovely. Um, very sad. And then the um uh, delivery driver uh, suspect who um is accused of murdering a seven year old girl. Uh, and I, I don't remember what the third one was, because I think I was talking over it the whole time to my mom going, everything's just so sad. The news is just <laughs> so sad. While another s- sad story's going in the background, <laughs> I just complained over it the whole time. That's awful of me. Right. Oh, well, anyway, I'm sorry, I wasted a lot of your time. But I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all my guests when they come on, which is, what is your Titanic story? Because everyone's is different.
1: Well, mine, the, it's hard for me when I'm asked this because, like, the movie and then, like, the historical, like, learning about it in school kind of hit at the same time, so I don't know if this was a thing when, like, you were in school, but they, um, <coughs> sorry, my animals are going insane. Oh, um, I was like, but, is it, uh, did
0: somebody die over there? You need to go no, and give them a CPR?
1: No, they just okay. decided that the dog gate no longer needs to be up, but... Um, I'll hash that out later. Um, But yeah, in school, um, we got these things. They were called Scholastic Readers. It was like a really thin magazine that would come in. And it was like once a month. Um, They were kind of interactive, like they had questions after you do the little readings. And we came in and the Titanic was on there. And um, it was a whole just like probably like 20 page reader about the Titanic. So I brought it home and there's usually like follow-up homework and I'm just, you know, doing my thing at home. And uh, my mom looked over at it and she's like, I think you're old enough to watch the movie. And just for like background info, I'm the youngest of two boys. So by this point, my mm-hmm. parents were getting a little loosey goosey on the rules and what I could <laughs> and couldn't watch. Cause I was watching it
0: anyway. So.
1: Um. Sure.
0: sure. What was the age <laughs> gap between uh, you and the other two?
1: um my oldest brother he technically was adopted in as a second cousin so there was a huge age gap about 11 years and then um gotcha. my middle brother uh there's a three-year gap between us so that's always been fun oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but
0: you're definitely the youngest it's not like there's a one age ca- a one year
1: right exactly so Aww. this was like thinking back like in my brain it was about 2004 to 2006 ish i guess when i watched the movie um okay. and of course i got leomania like not everyone because i know you didn't which is bizarre <laughs> but i love it
0: <laughs> i don't i we can go back to that
1: <laughs> but yeah i mean the combination of the two of course leo got me you know well invested sure. but um Yeah, I fell in love with the movie. And then as I got older, the historical aspects and, you know, the human stories and things like that really just piqued my interest and Mm -hmm. yeah, I've kind of been a nut about it ever since. And as I got older, I actually uh, went through a pretty bad relationship, but it was one of those where you kind of like lose your own identity. And I kind of forgot about the Titanic. As weird as that is, it was just like, I totally forgot all the things I liked and then I got in a new relationship and over time it came on TV I think and I was just like I really love this and you don't know this about me but I've seen this movie like a lot (laughs) like a lot a lot and uh the same year we ended up going to the Pigeon Forge Museum and then I got my ginormous Titanic tattoo
0: i lo- that is i don't normally like in the um the amtrad style it's not normally my favorite i really like that one.
1: Oh, thank you i'll try to keep my arm from shaking but yeah i can no pictures, i really but... like it
0: for uh this is great for a podcast but it is um it's a black and gray titanic and um underneath it is um an american traditional style um rose with green uh do you have a picture that you can send me and i can post it when your episode goes live because I'm sure people are going to want to see that
1: (laughs) oh definitely yeah yeah I've got a zillion of every healing process of it
0: (laughs) (laughs) can relate when did you when did you get the um the tattoo itself
1: uh it's been about three years now I want to say I got it like in August about three years ago but yeah I've definitely really good (laughs)
0: thank you it shows it looks really good
1: Oh yeah. It's my biggest yeah. piece and my most precious.
0: <laughs> well, I like it. You wanted to go back to one of the things, a couple of things you mentioned. Um, I have a question, but I want to, you said something like that. It sounds weird that you lost that. And I, and I want to point out that I don't think that it's weird at all. And I think maybe for any listeners who haven't been in um, a relationship like that, or maybe if, who have, who don't have depression or some sort of uh, something in your life that that I kind of try to describe it as like, it takes all of the color away. Right. And yeah. So if, if you're in, if you've never been in that kind of position, it's hard to understand how you could quote unquote, forget your favorite movie or forget something, but it's, it's simply because, you know, like you said, all the color is gone and it's, if there's no color in your world, it's it's exhausting to go looking for it. So you just don't. Right. Because it's exactly. It's, yeah. It's too hard. Yeah. And, I'm glad that you were able to get it back because, you know, you hear about some people who, you know, oh, I used to like dancing and then after this happened, I could never dance again. It's like, that's, it's always sad when you hear that. So I'm glad you were able to find your way, your way back to it through time and were able to share it with someone that you, that you love. I think that also is a hallmark, even if they don't get it themselves. The fact is that they get it, they get that you get it and that's what's important to them.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He's super supportive because he's a Trekkie and I'll never understand it. Oh. But we have like that mutual like you love what you love, I love what I love. So definitely works out.
0: I think that's great. If I remember correctly, the um, the couple that got married at the Pigeon Forge wedding that I mentioned a few a uh, couple this I think it was a, a couple episodes ago. I think it was very much the same and that the bride was very much, not to say that the groom was not at all interested in Titanic, but he, I think I talked to him a little bit, he was very much into like Star Trek and Star Wars. He was his own kind of nerd. I think the ring had a little allusion to something kind of nerdy for him, which was super cool because that was definitely his thing. But, you know, they were getting married at this beautiful replica Grand Staircase, which was her thing. And I thought it was like, even though I may not, you know, get having a wedding in that way it's like it makes sense for them and they're both so happy and that you know at the end of the day it's like they looked really really good and they look really happy just sharing in stuff that they liked
1: right yeah I think I listened to that like maybe today I think you had a new episode from the weekend and I just my whole job you know there's certain points of the day that's my quote-unquote me time so that's my podcast time where it's just data entry but um yeah Yeah. I i didn't know that they did that, but people actually, you know, get married at the yeah. Grand Staircase. So, of course, I played my own fantasy in there, but I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if that would be a good representation for us for like both of our day. Like, I know he probably wouldn't give a shit and probably would, you know, <laughs> be game. <laughs> <Totally> but... <fair.
0: laughs> I think that's the kind of thing. So, you've been to the Pigeon Floors Museum and you know, like, I do that when you walk down the staircase, you like, you don't go into a big room or an atrium. You there's right. elevators directly in front of you. And then you go left into the gift shop. There's, there's no, not a lot of space. So right. I think that that would be a really, really cool place to do like engagement photos.
1: That's what I think you exactly don't what I was thinking.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cause you don't, you know, you don't need the the parents there. You don't need the officiant. You don't need the bridal party. That's just you guys. And you can have your time. And I think that that would be really, really, really pretty.
1: Yeah. again my opinion
0: (laughs) um I had a question which was you mentioned that after the movie your interest came after learning about like the real people and the passengers do you remember who the first passenger or that first person that really caught your attention was
1: um not really just because my brain has a hard time with like I've always struggled in history and I jumble people around like crazy, um, so I don't want to give anyone per se. But I was really interested in like the cliche like drunk chef, and I'm showing my true colors. And I can't think of his name. Isn't it Jockin? It is a. Uh,
0: it is Charles Jockin. Yay! He's <laughs> a fascinating character. Like for for people who haven't seen the movie in the wild there is a guy running around in baker's whites and he is um he is the fictional portrayal of the real guy and his actual story is very cool um do you listen to my favorite murder
1: i don't but my mom recommends it all the time it's on my list
0: they did an episode i uh recently semi-recently and the premise of the story for of their podcast for anyone who doesn't listen is that um the two hosts each pick a murder a true crime story of the week then they tell it to each other and it's it's kind of it's it's very fun I, obviously you know if you don't like true crime it might be upsetting to you but i found it episode number 348 is called old biscuit and in they in this one only karen tells a story and she tells the story of charles jockin um and she's also a very funny person so it's it's a, it's a fun way to listen to it and um i know that la beatles and her podcast unsinkable is either released or coming out with um, an episode on him uh, soon, because I think his story is wild.
1: Yeah, it was actually LA's episode. I want to say she did one, but again, my brain um, and I listened to a lot of Titanic (laughs) stuff. I feel like she did early, early on. And then that's kind of what reignited like looking into people and, you know, reading up on stuff. But I mean, I'm a a pretty lazy historian-ish, like, I mean, I get on Titanica Encyclopedia and I'll read sometimes just for something to read. Um, But for the most part, I just know that it's like, if I'm not going to be tested on it, it's not going to stick. So um, I just enjoy, honestly, just listening to it and the people that are actually more well qualified than myself to research the topics and things like that, I definitely like to listen to them and check them out and learn more about people
0: i I know that some people might disagree but i i I feel like to be an enthusiast of Titanic and her story and her history you don't have to be a fact a fact be you right. know the not everyone has the mind for figures like that i I certainly don't i i'm not always great with names either i try not to jumble them up but sometimes i do or i just don't remember and right. it you know doesn't mean i don't care but you know some it's not everyone's strong point so i don't think that necessarily makes you a, like a quote-unquote bad participant or anything and i know there's some people that are gonna be like if you don't know exactly how many rivets went into each bulkhead you're not allowed in our club it's like fine i don't want to i don't want to go in there anyway it sounds awful and it probably smells
1: right exactly <laughs> yeah that and it's just one of those things that like over time especially as i got older like when i you know kind of re-remembered that this is my thing and i started finding the first podcast that i found um blinking on the name it's titanic scene by scene they never finished it but i yes. adore that podcast so much it's great because uh growing up with two older brothers I got so much shit for liking the movie. Like I was closeted, you know, for a long time for liking <laughs> the movie cuz I I mean, I was born in 95, so you know, by like 2000, you know, 3 to 6 when I was like really really into it, it kind of had died off mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, with people's sure. interests, so um yeah, I caught a lot of shit for definitely liking Titanic and then after that I found um Titanic minute by minute and it was the first time that oh things I had thought before and that they made fun of. It just felt like, I don't know, like, I don't know. It was just like finally having a conversation with someone about something that I couldn't talk oh about, you know? And then to
0: laugh at it made it even better. Yep.
1: <laughs> You're
0: completely right because it does I don't think it takes away from the reverence of the occasion at all, but. Part of the fun of watching movies is discussing them with your friends. And when your friends are funny, they're going to make fun of things.
1: (laughs) Right. And that's the thing. It's when I listen to them, it's just like, if my brothers would have at least come at it from like, like a dogging on it since other than it's a stupid Mm -hmm. movie, we probably could have had some really entertaining discussions about it because that's what I think of when I listen to those guys talk. So Um, yeah, just definitely all the podcasts that have come out and including yours. I mean,
0: it's just been (laughs)
1: validating of something like there are others, you know?
0: There are. It, it is one of those super cool things that the, like, I'm one of those people that's turning into a bit of that old man yells at cloud or I'm like the internet these days (laughs) because you know, there's so much going on, but it does a such a wild and cool job of connecting people with niche interests, definitely. And yeah, and like you were saying, you know, in in the '90s and early aughts and stuff, when the internet was and cell phones were kind of like just just making their way into the day to day lives, when people were starting to, you know, have everyone had a phone. There was a point where it was like adults had phones and really, really, really cool kids, right? But Yeah. And, and now it's, and then you'd have the kids who had a texting plan, but others who didn't. And and it's much more even footing now. It's like, if you have a phone, you probably have access to whatever and are able to engage in that connectivity, which I think is really cool, especially for something like, like the Titanic, where there, you know, there isn't a quote unquote home base or anything. It's very much everywhere.
1: Right. Definitely
0: how far you're you're in Kentucky so did you drive to Pigeon Forge Uh, yeah
1: we uh we took like I want to say it was like a Thursday to Sunday type thing that we did um it was for my 25th birthday yeah yeah that's right um cool so yeah and uh pretty much my whole birthday was spent at the gift shop because you know Yet again, I actually grew up in California, and then uh, after high school, I have family in Kentucky, and it was one of those things Uh, where it's, like, cheap green and not on fire, so I was like, I'm going there. (laughs) (laughs) Understood. And uh, so it was the closest I've ever been to any of the museums, so we uh, Mm -hmm. went and did that and spent a pretty penny at the gift shop, because that's the first time I've been surrounded by that much Titanic stuff, so... (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't. I have. I was looking around earlier today because I was thinking I don't have a lot of Titanic stuff, and I looked around my apartment. I'm like, yes, you do. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I've packed up. I used to have on the shelves back there. I used to have like Titanic books and stuff, but like, I'm, um, I'm I'm moving in a couple weeks, so I've started the process of putting things away. But out in my main room, it's like I have an oven mitt set that I picked up picked up in Vegas. I have a water bottle that I grabbed in Vegas. A set of coasters, also from Vegas, and then I have a tea set from Pigeon Forge. A keychain from Pigeon Forge. I think I have two T-shirts from Pigeon Forge. It's like I didn't think I had a lot of Titanic stuff, and then I realized I very much did.
1: <laughs> yeah, you and, and me fine.
0: both. Oh, I yeah, I've I got. Love to.
1: <laughs> I've got quite a bit. I actually, laying on the table next to me, this was not planned, but I went to a friend's house, and uh, I know it's a podcast. but um, it's the Titanic. It's the
0: Titanic movie game.
1: Yeah, I didn't even know this was a thing, and she found it at TJ Maxx, and I stopped by yesterday, and she was like, boom, you know, so I still haven't plus. opened it or figured out how to play it yet, but it was exciting, especially because I didn't know what My- it was
0: my friend McKenna um whose episode is, is just done. She has that game and she's played it. She said it's fun. We were yeah, supposed it to and like um Yeah, we were supposed to play it, but I think I got sick. Uh, but either way, I mean, she said it was really fun. That's that's something I want to do. It looks looks like a good time.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I'm going to. I don't try know how cuz I've never
0: Yeah, I was like I've never played it, so I don't I don't know how to play, but she, I don't know, I think it seems like strategy-based, like card and strategy from what I remember. She showed me pictures.
1: Yeah. I looked up a YouTube video just because, you know, paper instructions. That's way smarter. Yeah. (laughs) It looks like like, a fairly easy concept. It is a lot of pieces, but I mean the premise is Mm -hmm. to save as many people as you can without drowning.
0: Yeah. That is good. I played a game recently, like sometime in the past year or two that, um, it, it was based. It's based on an animated show called Ruby, which is um, it's like a, it's an American-made anime-style show. Okay. But they made a they, yeah, they made a a tabletopish game, which I bought as a gift for a friend because she's also a really big fan. So I was like, oh, we could play this, and I have nothing against a game that has a lot of pieces or a lot of moving parts because, like, it looks like as you said, the Titanic game, there, it, 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 it's not five pieces. There's quite a bit of setup it looks like involved and there's a lot happening but it's but mckenny even also said too that it's like once you get into it it's pretty easy uh the ruby game was one of the most complicated things that i have ever tried to do and we had a person who was leading us through it who is a long time dnd dm so it's like this was not his first rodeo leading a game like this and he even he was like what the fuck? is up with this game we ended up making up we kind of like half made up our own rules because we didn't understand one whole section it didn't make any sense at all and it's like we're all fans of the show so it's not like we're missing some terminology in here (laughs) this no we're also gamers but not me as much as them but it's like they're all hardcore tabletop and like strategy gamers and even they are like what so it's like i felt way less dumb but it was also kind of Disappointing because it's like you like the thing so much and you're really hoping it's smooth, but then it's mostly confusing and frustrating. Nothing wrong. Yeah, with we the got setup, gifted a it should game have like yeah,
1: yeah, I we got a game from his brother or something, and it's called Castle. And we sat there. Okay. I don't even think we took the pieces. Out. But I was like, okay, you know, I've not really played Dungeons and Dragons, but I get the concept. I've kind of been like a fly on the wall for it because that was just my group in high school. Just, I didn't participate all the time, but those were my people. And, (laughs) um, yeah, no, we we didn't even take the rest of the box. It was just too many rules, too many hypotheticals. If something happened, it was like, okay, let's just get down to, like, the basics of how to play the game and then get into the hypotheticals. Right. It has just collected dust.
0: Yeah, some of them to where it's like, how to restore energy? Well, if it is the fourth Thursday under a full moon, it's like, how (laughs) do I know? Is this in-game or real life? What are you talking about? Right. (laughs) It's all very confusing, but... I don't know. Not every game can be a winner, I guess. That's (laughs) (laughs) no one else's fault. But I... I hope that you get a chance to play it pretty soon, because I I think that that it just seems like kind of a cool idea, especially because it seems like you're not married to the complete plot point from the movie, if that makes sense.
1: That's what I got from the gist of it. I mean, there is like corny little things on the card, like a couple of cards. They're like action cards, so it'll be like, um, uh, what was it? Like one of them is like you you play whatever move you're supposed to play, I and mean, then one of the players gets up and goes, "I'm the king of the world," you know. Like it's got its little corny aspects to it, but for the most part, I mean, it sticks very much just to the game. They have cute little images from the movies on the card and some quotes at the bottom, but for the most part, it is its own thing.
0: Nice, yeah. I like I said, I don't I don't know much about outside of. What my friend said, but it does look like a lot. It looks fun. You'll have to let me know how it goes. Oh, definitely yes. If I remember correctly, there is also another Titanic game. Like I think I saw it in the Pigeon Forge Museum, but it wasn't the. Mo- okay, I'm go- ow, I'm gonna go back to Google again. Titanic board game. Because uh, I think there's nope, it's not that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this one. Uh, Titanic the board game. Um. Who is it by? By Universal Toys. Let's see here. I'm looking for the premise here. The year is 1912. You are on the most luxurious ocean liner in history, but are you ready for what is next? Welcome aboard the RMS Titanic. Gossip with other passengers, receive telegrams, and collect all five pieces of your personal property to advance from second class to the first class section of the ship. But watch out! You might get put back into steerage, or worse yet, never make it to your lifeboat on time. Includes telegrams, gossip cards, property cards, passports, bellhop tokens, game board, play money, die, playing dice, I think, and playing pieces. Bonus contains fact sheet about the original RMS Titanic. I've never heard of anyone actually playing that, but I've seen it in the gift shop.
1: I feel like I saw something like that there, too. Um.
0: I, I want to encounter someone who's played that. I know. <laughs>
1: What does it mean people? by gossip
0: with <laughs> yeah what does it mean by gossip with other past like do you do you, I, I have so many questions do you make right. up your own gossip is it predetermined? <laughs> well, it said cards what's on the cards? how scandalous does it get? I have questions exactly I have a feeling I'm never gonna get any answers on it though <laughs> oh I saw a comment on um some I saw some review of my show where someone was like. I like that she asks her guest this question most of the time, and I realize I, I haven't asked it in a while, so I'm going to ask you. In that, it's been a long time since the ship sank, and, you know, we were discussing glaciers and everything else. There's, you know, constantly changing climate and land structure and landscape and conditions underwater. I know that there's very many split opinions among people, but what do you think? should be done with the wreck as of right now.
1: I mean just let it stay. I mean it's what what, what are they predicting like 20 30 years it's essentially going to be nothing
0: something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean if say it were in better condition I still think we should just let it be. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's a grave site. There's no two ways about it. When it comes to salvaging things, I know there's probably not much left, but The things that they have, I'm I'm on the fence about it as an enthusiast because it's like, you know, some of it's real teachable things and, you know, having tangible objects really, you know, brings the emotion to it, but as for, you know, just going down there and giving it hell to get what you can, I'm not necessarily for that but, I don't know, I've always been kind of on the fence with it.
0: I I you know, I have my own, my opinion, which is also kind of that we should leave it alone. I think I'm a little less picky about things like the debris field. Cause I know when the ship hit that it kind of like exploded. Right. So there's stuff around and I'm like taking saining nets or going through things like that on the debris field. I have much less of a problem with because it's, you know, non, Oh my gosh. What's the word? non-interfering there we go it doesn't interfere with the um the superstructure of the ship which is it's weird it's like why are you interested in preserving something to just leave it down in the cold and the dark by itself and it's hard to explain but i think it's the same way that you know people visit the concentration camps in europe and they don't take bricks with them you know right that's not what you do right Granted, it's much easier to get there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But yeah, as for, like, you know, just getting into spaces that you probably shouldn't be and stripping the ship itself. but Definitely don't Mm -hmm. feel right about that. But like you said, the debris field kind of seems like free game.
0: Yeah, and it's also safer. Like, if you go into the ship and a deck collapses... Well, thankfully, you don't normally send manned vessels into the ship. They're normally unmanned. But, you know, that's that's someone's entire research project. That's millions of dollars and unrecoverable footage. If a deck collapses and traps your machine in there, and there's no way to go in and you can't go in and get it back. Right. You can't exactly. just send someone. And I, it's weird. I worry about, sil- not silly, but stuff like I worry about stuff like that where it's like, all right, or if you land your submersible with people in it on the deck, and that deck collapses, you could all go in there, too. Right. (laughs) That sounds scary to me.
1: Yeah, seems a little not worth it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I know that, obviously, there's people that think otherwise. I mean, I'm sure that there's waiting lists for the ocean gate explorations i mean for the people that can afford it. i i can't i think it's what twenty five thousand dollars
1: yeah to i've anywhere from like one hundred and fifty thousand or more which that situation i mean 25? i i'm enjoying the new pictures we have but mm-hmm. honestly i mean i don't know if it's like the nostalgia of like so when i first I, I became obsessed with the movie and it was a little bit of a delay before I actually looked at wreck photos and we still oh. had dial-up at the time. So, uh, it took a hot minute to pull up pictures and I remember like waiting for it to load. And it was like a really classic, mm-hmm. you know, picture of the bow. I don't know what year the photos were taking. I kind of half-assed did research before this. Um, But (laughs) from what I looked at from photos that I'm like, okay, I think, you know, this is the bow photo and I have a book. It's back in California. I believe it was like a 2004 expedition. And I don't know what it is about those sets of photos from those explorations. I just feel like they're they're richer than any others that I've seen. I mean, it's just I'm trying to google and see but they had some really good ones of the the bow and like the turkish bath area i remember seeing the tiles of that for the first time and that was just a lot you know like being like 10 11 years old it was it made it more real
0: yeah no i i am i understand because i think that for any enthusiast and not just Titanic, but any sort of historian, scholar of journalist with an angle towards a historical event has a moment that makes it real for them and not simply a thing that happened that they're researching, studying, talking about. And like you're describing that moment with those bow photos, it can it can be a quite sobering moment. Because it's also for many people when the weight of what happened actually starts to not sink in, but it starts to become perceptible.
1: Right. Yeah, that was definitely Mm. big for me at that age. I think it was like my first kind of like concept of death and tragedy. And I've always been, I guess, kind of a weird kid. I mean, like you, I've (laughs) suffered from depression and stuff like that, but I gravitate towards sad things, I guess, because it's validating. Yeah, and I was yeah, doing that as a kid sure. without realizing it. But I think that's why the Titanic right. was like a real big one for me. Cause it's like, okay, you know, there are sad things out there, you know, but there can be beauty within sad things. So.
0: That's a really good point. Because I talked in a couple past episodes about the this- silly term i came up with is the concept of dream washing where it's like you get a little bit of rose-colored glasses vision thinking about maybe in my case like when you know if i get into particularly caught up in titanic nostalgia it's like oh imagine what it would have been like to be on the ship how cool and it would have been so pretty and to meet all those people and it's not in a you know in that sense that it's like i'm not intentionally trying to erase the tragedy it's just it's appreciating that there was a f- a, not just a splash but like it was a moment of grandeur for many many people but it's also interesting to think about and that if it hadn't sunk it may not have had much of an impact at all right but it did therefore it did
1: exactly would be like are we will we even be talking about it i mean doubt it probably not yeah
0: yeah it's just because you know you you reach a point you know you're looking back at how many people died and how sad it was. It's like, well, if that hadn't happened, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But it did, and there was a lot to learn from it. And because of that you keep turning back to it. Right. I think a lot of what people learned from it too was that it was a an impactful human tragedy. And that and it did, you know, obviously disproportionately affect everyone, but it did affect everyone. There were people of all creeds and classes that lost people that lost daughters and sons and mothers and fathers and cousins and friends and relatives, you know, it, it again, disproportionately affected classes in different ways, but there wasn't a single group that was, that didn't lose somebody.
1: Exactly. It was enough people to where it definitely could have changed, you know, the butterfly effect in the future. That's for sure. I mean, that's enough. It's enough so, people in my opinion to yeah. you know warrant a change, you know, of outcome yeah. and things like that.
0: You know what I think a more recent example that I wish had a little bit more attention and outcry is do you remember the 2014 sinking of the seawall ferry in yes. South Korea? Yep. I feel like that needs to be talked about more.
1: Right. I've, um, I've thought about it. We watched Poseidon the other day, not to, you know, get off topic, uh, but we were watching that and I was like, do you remember that cruise ship in like 2014? And my fiance was like, no. And I kind of had to like pull it up and I was like, you don't remember this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I guess it wasn't talked about that much.
0: Well, it was an international thing, but it there was a couple similarities to me. Number one in that it, you know, a lot of people died that didn't need to. Right. And number two was that both took place at a time of their times when communication was a brand new step. Like these, unfortunately these victims were able to be sending video live messages, phone calls and text messages to home, to friends and family and to their, you know, their parents back home because they had their cell phones on them. There is live horrifying footage from this ship sinking because people had cell phones in their hands almost every single one of them had cell phones in their hands sometimes till the very end and you know you could hear these recordings of these horrible recordings like the nine eleven recordings mm-hmm. when you can hear these voice messages of people just saying like I think this is it I just I just need you to know that I love you and you know you, they people weren't able to send out those individual messages on Titanic but the Marconi systems were new enough where they were able to be communicating as they were going down like hi, this is what's happening. Hello. Is anybody out there? This is happening. We're going, I need you to know this. We are sinking. We are sinking. This is a thing that is happening. And we have the ability to communicate at 24 hours a day now. People weren't listening, unfortunately, but it was a a technology that was suddenly available to them. Right.
1: Yeah. Very, very similar.
0: (laughs) Weirdly similar. Now, I mean, nobody was breaking out cameras on the titanic and like filming the dome break-in right but it's just it's interesting how this is all this is 102 years apart from each other 1912 to 2014 and so much has changed and yet a disaster of that magnitude was able to take place
1: yeah, that one is a bit baffling because even just, you know, showing my fiance and going back, I was just like kind of amazed too, you know, while showing him because um, I hadn't even thought about it in a long time too. But I do remember thinking about we kind of really just raised that topic.
0: I, I, mm, favorite's not the right word, but it's one of, in my opinion, it's, it's my most, It's the it's the it's the modern shipwreck I'm the most fascinated by because it parallels the Titanic to me so well. Now, Titanic had twenty two hundred people on board. It was a bigger vessel and it was a longer trip. The ferry was only meant to be a day trip and it had, I think, like five hundred people on board. So, again, a smaller craft. Three hundred of those five hundred people died, right that's two number one that is too many, and number two, that is an insane percentage that is a sixty percent death rate, which I just did that in my head. Now I can't do the other figure in my head um because I'm not smart twenty two hundred divided by fifteen hundred Nope, I don't know how to do this. so fifteen hundred people died. Yeah, that is a 70% death rate on the Titanic. 60, yeah. actually. Um, so yeah, 60% on the Seawall Ferry to seven to about 70% on the Titanic. Like, those are unacceptable numbers. One of those happened, of course, you know, 102 years ago, and you can kind of put the buffer of, it was in the past, we changed, we know better. It's like, did we and do we?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, because apparently something was missed. <laughs>
0: A large portion of it, and I've been doing a little bit just not rec- not not like right this second, but I remember I was Googling it maybe about four, um, a couple of weeks ago, and one of my other favorite podcasters, um, not Titanic related, but um, Blair's On or Illuminati, she does <clears throat> segments on different uh, things, and one of the things she did was um, an episode on the Seawall Ferry, which if anyone is interested in the Seawall Ferry, you should look that one up, and it's extremely well done. <clears throat> Excuse me, but and looking it up, a lot of the reasons that things happened on the Seawall Ferry was just multiple layers of corruption, allowing, you know, over heavy trucks to get on and then too many trucks to get on. So not only are there too many and too much cargo, but it's kitten. A cat just walked into the camera frame.
1: Yeah, she's Listen, having a hard when time a cat... being the star of the show.
0: <laughs> Hi, kitty. You can be the star of the show anytime. Hi, kitty. I bet she doesn't think that you should overload a ferry full of students.
1: I think even Waffles knows better.
0: (laughs) Waffles definitely knows better. Waffles (laughs) knows that uh, she wants to make it safely to the other side and you don't overload a ferry to do that. Right. Um, But yeah, it was that sort of thing where they they basically found that there was just so many things like the Titanic that went wrong. It's like too much cargo, too many trucks. They didn't weigh them properly. They, they didn't do the required maintenance or, like, they cut corners during the maintenance. It was an old ship that needed repair. But ba ba, ba 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 And these are not the same problems as Titanic, but it was just that perfect storm in rough seas to tipple a ship.
1: Right. Yeah. You'd think we'd learn.
0: You'd think we would, you know. Or not
1: just be so complacent with you know the fact that you know it's human life and (laughs) make sure the Mm -hmm. boxes are checked before you head out
0: exactly exactly because you know we talk about titanic as a human tragedy the seawall ferry is also a human tragedy just because it didn't have a bunch of rich people on it doesn't mean that it didn't matter right i think i looked it up and
1: Yeah, I was trying
0: 304 to 304 passengers. It. Same. Yeah. 304 300. passengers were killed when it sank and two divers were killed during the rescue efforts. just incredible. We, you know, I don't you know, I don't really try not to like get towards podcast endings on a super somber note like this, but I feel as though it's important to acknowledge that we do our best to learn, especially people who are enthusiasts. we learn about the passengers. We try to, you know, there's so many a million discussions these days of if the Titanic had hit it from this angle or that angle or done this thing, it would have made it where, you know, we ever want to try to find out what went wrong because the hope is that we can prevent it from happening. But then it's, it's just so unfortunate what happens again, because at the end of the day, you lose you lose people
1: right definitely and the the what ifs and stuff I mean it doesn't really get you anywhere and I'm a firm believer that many many things went wrong it wasn't just one or the other they would have been just you know a couple you know inches off and it would have you know been a near miss and all this and all that I mean of course you know if they missed it they missed it but Right, one of those things it took a lot of things in order for it to happen and play out the way it did, even after the fact,
0: yeah, it's like you try to go back to like what could have gone wrong. It's like, well, they could have had the binoculars, but you know, maybe they wouldn't have helped in the dark, or maybe if the lookouts Maybe if there had been three lookouts or something, maybe one of them would have seen it, or if they'd slowed down a little bit or decided to go a little farther south or didn't ignore the ice warnings or this or that or this. Right.
1: Yeah, I don't know There's how much so time much... you have, but where do you stand with the whole Californian just being complacent, not doing anything debate or blatantly ignoring? I don't
0: ignoring. feel like I... I don't feel like I know enough so I watched a segment on a show and of course I can't remember which one because that would be useful (laughs) where they did like they did a thing where they were looking into it and they said yeah from this angle and from this and we determined that there is no way that you know they could have seen blah blah and they exonerated the captain and everything and I see it as, again, in the same way that everyone thinks, like, well, if Titanic had seen the iceberg, if they'd seen, if, if, if. And I'm like, if they did see Titanic, if they did, and they then actively chose to do nothing, then that is dark and cowardly. Right. And cruel. But if they really didn't see them, either because of the ice or the mirage, or they genuinely like, what the hell is that? I don't, what is that? I understand not wanting to move your ship from a dangerous location to investigate something you're not sure of. Right. It it that does make sense to me. If I were the captain of a ship that, say, had two thousand people on it, and I for sure saw a ship in distress and I saw distress rockets, it'd be like that is a risk worth taking to me. Right. But if I saw like a glint of light and I wasn't sure what. Was it, did I just see something because I'm tired? Was it a reflection from the ocean? Was it, did a dolphin surface? Was it just a flash from the sky? Was it a reflection of someone turning on or off their cabin light in my own ship? If I genuinely could not tell what it was and it was treacherous conditions, I'd be like, I cannot risk my 2,000 passengers to investigate something I'm not sure of. And I understand that that's an impossible place to be in. So I feel as though, it, unfortunately, it goes to whether or not they saw it. Because if they did and did nothing, then that is choosing choosing to do nothing. But if they didn't see it or were so unsure of what it was, and it's like it's so risky to 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 investigate. I understand not. I understand not doing it.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm kind of the, the same way there. I don't think anyone, you know, maliciously. I mean, maybe they did, but I don't think it was sure. intentional to just ignore the rockets or anything like that. I just feel like it was, you know, maybe, and then surely it can't yeah. be, you know, one of those things, but.
0: Exactly. And then I feel like if I were the captain, then, then you find out later on that it was, you're just, for me, again, if it was me, I would just be like, oh my, oh God. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It was that, it was them. It was th- oh no yeah. and that would haunt me for the rest of my life because it would just be like i th- i i thought it was nothing i i didn't i didn't want to hurt my passenger i I thought there was nothing there and that would drive i would probably drive myself literally crazy yeah trying to justify my actions for the rest of my life because people would always be like didn't you just want to go check right you didn't want to go check you'd be like well, of course i wanted to go check <laughs> of course i wanted to go check but it's not like you can just like fly over there it's a big deal to get a haul ass metal thing all the way over there at night with ice you know i i don't know i i hate i hate knowing that like because i hope like you that it wasn't malicious it's like i hate knowing they were probably haunted by that for the rest of their lives because i would be I'd be like we could have just taken the risk. We could have we could have just gone. We could have just gone, man. We could have just gone. Right. So I, I can from see from everything I read you know, though, I, I they
1: were so. already stopped for the night, surrounded by ice, mm-hmm. and I think they were even told yeah. prior to the rockets um through Titanic's mm-hmm. communications to shut up just because there was so much mm-hmm. backlog coming through um and they were trying yeah. to get their own messages out, so I think they just kind of took that and was like, "All right."
0: <laughs> yeah. So, and it's it's not like today where, you know, everyone's cell phones are on 24-7. This is, you know, <laughs> there was an end point for these services, for the telegrams. It was completely acceptable for the for the Californian's wireless guy to have not been at his desk anymore. He was, he had been off duty for a considerable amount of time when Titanic started radioing for help. Right. And it's unfortunate. It's, again, another thing we learned was like, well, we need to have 24-7 operators and it's, What's the old adage where it's like every safety regulation is written in someone's blood, and it's a very unfortunate statement, but it's you know, it's true. Like they didn't think they needed it until they, well, then they did.
1: Right. It's kind of like when you start a new job and there's an arbitrary, weird, specific rule, and it's like it's because it happened.
0: Uh mm-hmm. huh. Right. <laughs> so we've all gone to someone's house where like skip that stair or whatever the case may be, and it's like you take their word for it because you don't want to be the third person to fall through it.
1: Right. Exactly. Rules for a reason.
0: (laughs) Right. It's good that they, you know, it's good that they fixed that and that they now have those channels open. And obviously we don't use telegrams anymore. We have much, much different, much more reliable methods of near continuous communication right now but it's good that that was changed because number one I'm sure you know it was absolutely needed but number two can you imagine the guilt
1: oh yeah yeah definitely yeah I've been reading through testimony too and I think that's why everything is jumbled because the most recent reading I've done is the U.S. um, inquiry I've been reading it's like a small little book pretty thick but it helps me go to sleep (laughs) So what right. <laughs> I do take in information before I do fall asleep and if I realize oh, yeah, I'm just yeah, starting yeah. to read and not retain I put the bookmark in and you know yeah, go it you know go back to it later but um, that's been the most compelling out of the testimony thus far that I've read is between I think mm. I want to say Captain Lord so Lord or Lord captain of the uh, Californian um. I've been reading through his, some of his, and it's kind of, I don't know. It's like giving as much information as you can without too much, just because I think they feel like up against a wall, you know, it's like, no matter what I say, it's under speculation because we were the closest and
0: yeah. yeah. That's a no win situation where like, if you go into the stand stoic and try to keep it together, then people call you a cold monster Right. But if you go in sobbing hysterically and you know weeping in no handkerchief, they're going to call you performative. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That's kind of the vibe. I mean, you can only tell so much through, you know, just bland, yeah. you know, reading, but that's kind of the because they would question further and things like that or be more specific about this, and it's just like, "Nope, this is what I saw, this is what I did." That is all, mm-hmm. you know. But
0: good on him. Yep. That's a you see that in all those like true crime shows where they just start asking the different questions and suddenly you're confessing to something. Like, right. No, like, I'm not I'm not gonna do that, dude. Right. I see you. Yep. <laughs> I see you like they didn't see that iceberg. Whoa. <laughs> I don't think he was like that. No. But it's that sort of thing where it's it's very easy, especially when you're under pressure. Yes. Yeah. In to get not baited isn't even the right word because I don't necessarily even think that people asking the question were necessarily trying to be nefarious either but like they want an answer and you don't have one right and sometimes it's easy to get trapped into giving one just to make it stop
1: exactly yeah that's kind of where it seemed like it was it was probing for something that you know more than likely wasn't there he gave his account and it was like that's what happened and this is a huge thing and I know what you're trying to do. and yeah. that's not the case.
0: As <laughs> say Captain Smith had survived. We know he, he didn't, but just just say that for some through some miracle he had, I don't think there would have been a single thing he could have said that would have given him a hundred percent approval ratings. No matter know. what he said or did. Yeah, no matter what he said or did, even if he was like, I only survived because as I was floating, dying in the water, somebody grabbed me and they went, golly, it's the captain. And then I passed out and woke up on the Carpathia. Even people would be like, they should have thrown you back. Right. Or, you know, if he if yeah, or if he'd said I, I did exactly what I thought I would have done, people would have said, well, you should have done what you felt instead. You know, there there never would have been anything he could say that would satisfy and it feels a bit like lord was in the at least in my opinion in the, in the same kind of situation like there's nothing he could have said that everyone would have been like ah um, yeah right definitely That's well, you know it's it's and i think that's the way that a lot of these tragedies these not black and white tragedies well not 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 black and white and that you know there was so much at stake and the quote-unquote adversary wasn't actually an adversary it was sort of nature itself right where it's like there's only really so much you can do
1: exactly yeah and everyone's gonna try to you know from further find a conspiracy in it or something you know look into things that aren't necessarily Mm -hmm. there but i don't know i think that's part of the human condition though when things happen that don't make sense
0: well, exactly. We we want an answer in the same way that, you know, I think people find true crime interesting because oftentimes there is an answer. You can find out, well, you know, John killed Mary because he was mad about Mary's affair or, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a reason or, ah, the killer is Michael. Ah, mystery solved. Mystery solved. You know, it, it's it's the why and you need the need to know. I think it makes us feel safer and like it may not happen again and when you don't have an answer all it lets you know is that well (laughs) this this isn't over yet right
1: yeah I have a hard time I love true crime I have a hard time with like in progress crime like still trying to figure out exactly what happened I have a hard time with that I need like open and shut this is what happened and this is the sentencing and I need to know you know Mm -hmm. I just it's more comfortable that way but the like what do you think? Type stuff. I can't because it'll consume me.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I I prefer forensic files to cold case files for that reason. Right. I'm like <laughs> most of the forensic files have answers. And like that's the one thing I don't like about my favorite murders. That Georgia, the other host, she um she loves cold cases. And I'm like Georgia, stop telling me these. <laughs> I don't I don't want to hear. Okay, you get you get three a year. It's like I'll give you three unresolved a year, but can you? like dang it's not that those are the problem is that those are important stories to tell but it's kind of like ah me like every other human i want an answer
1: exactly such a cliffhanger there's one podcast i listen to it's uh even if you like true crime it's out there but for my defense my mom recommended it to me so uh, it's called uh (laughs) crimes and consequences and it's very to the point they tell the story right out of the gate they go into the crime itself and the consequences part of it, which is the sentencing, everything, all of that, but it's very,
0: mm.
1: it's graphic, but it's to the point, you know, not every single one is, but more than most are pretty, um, explicit, but that one, the format of it is what I really like about it. Cause there's not too much banter back and forth every once in a while, it, you know, can't, can you believe it, you know, but they're very to the point, mm-hmm. but it's everything gets resolved.
0: I like that. I mean, again, it's not to say that open stories are unimportant because, well, because <laughs> I think that they are important. Yeah. Speaking of animals that are getting a patient, uh, this one. Yeah. To <laughs> oh, you too. Um. Yeah, I think that those stories are important, especially because unfortunately a lot of um, open cases disproportionately affect minority communities, and there there is a need to talk about them. I just, I right. it's, it's not to say I'm tired of the same true um, op- cold cases, but I think. Maybe if we shifted the attention to cases that might have a chance of getting solved. I don't know. I'm starting to talk like I'm an authority about things, but it's just right. like, at the end of the day, it's because an, an unopened case, an, an unsolved mystery, it it makes you scared because you're like, well, we don't, uh, well, I don't really know what happened there, so uh, 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 guess it's going to happen again.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I I'm do all for you know, like, this is a person that's missing. This is what little we know. Just see them burn it into your brain be on the lookout totally fine with that too when it comes to like more visual shows of course harder with podcasts but mm-hmm. um yeah that stuff doesn't bother me um but yeah just very really long podcasts with no resolution i can't do it i've invested in a few of those and it's like a three-parter and then it's just like what do you think <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like how they cancelled Glow before finishing it, the Netflix show. Oh,
1: yeah. Now it's very
0: open-ended. where It's like, well, (laughs) I'm mad now.
1: Right? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. I forgot (sighs) about that. Oh, so
0: good. So good. That's... Boo! But, Mm -hmm. ugh. Anyway, I... You're still even in your work clothes. I don't... (laughs) feel like you deserve to go like take a shower and not be in your work clothes anymore so i'm going to let you go but first of all thank you so much for coming on you know i i'm very honored to have met a lot of people and to meet someone who you know found me through my show is 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 a genuine honor and it's nice to know that there's you know a person out there listening
1: (laughs) definitely i'm sure you got more than just me but um i do i enjoy your podcast a lot it's
0: it's... Thank you. Well, and, and even if there are others, you're the OG now, so they can, make... that title's taken.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
0: Title claimed. Right. Awesome. Was there anything you wanted to ask me? Because I've, I've been asking you a lot.
1: <laughs> uh, not really. I mean, thanks for having me. I cool. am, for the, all in all, thank mainly you. an antisocial person, so just doing this was really big for me, and I'm just, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on. I did not get those vibes at all. You seem very nice <laughs> and friendly to me.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> would approach would approach on the street 10 out of 10 recommend. Woo. <laughs> I want to give a huge thank out to <clears throat> wow, that was both professional and not a, not a word at all. Uh, I want to give a special thank you and shout out to Carson. Um, she was literally the first um, person that ever got in touch with me saying that she was a fan of my show, uh, which was an exceptionally wonderful ego boost for me, and she was an absolute delight to talk to. I'm going to post her tattoo photo when her episode comes out. And in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with her, go follow her on Instagram. That is at CarsonRose underscore... So at underscore C-A-R-S-O-N-R-O-S-E underscore, and that would be her username on Instagram. And if you're enjoying the show so far, uh, send me an email, let me know, or uh, drop me a comment on any of the socials, leave a review uh, and a rating on your podcast platform. That's the best way to help me. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Titanic Talkline was created and produced by me, Alexia. Be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at Titanic Talkline on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all one word, Titanic Talkline, T-I-T-A-N-I-C-T-A-L-K-L-I-N-E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at Titanic Talkline, again, all one word, at gmail.com. That's Titanic Talkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye! BELL <phone> RINGS